Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 395 of the podcast with my Nashville-based singer-songwriter guest, Eloise Alterman. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I feel you uh, will have just the same positive emotions that I did. And I hope everyone's doing well and taking care of themselves. Listen, if you happen to be one of those people who likes to listen to this podcast the day it drops, um, and even if you're not actually, uh, listen up to this because if you're looking for something to do tonight, Thursday, uh, October 29th, I will be part of a live stream with a bunch of amazing folks, Bob Odenkirk, Maria Bamford, Dana Gould, Oscar Nunez, Lorraine Newman, Paul F. Tompkins, David Koechner, Baron Vaughn, Jonah Ray, Eben Schletter is our musician, uh, Gary Anthony Williams, Deborah Baker Jr., Bobcat Goldway, Kat Ageson. We have, uh, it's an amazing, amazing cast. And we're going to be reading uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, the classic Ed Wood, horrible yet wonderful movie. A very Halloween appropriate. It's going to be such a fun show. Um, and I have to say, I- I'm excited about the... Uh, the, I, well, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell you. I think you should just watch it. Um, and if you can't watch it live, keep your eyes peeled. I believe you can buy tickets and watch it anytime over the weekend as well. So go to sfsketchfest.com for more information on that. That's it. I just wanted to pitch that because uh, I'm in the Halloween spirit and things have been weird and crazy. And this show, doing the show makes me laugh so hard that it is actually just sort of a gift to myself. But I think you'll enjoy it, too. All right. Enough for me. I am uh, excited for you to listen to this episode. I wish everyone well and stay sane during the election. Okay, my dears. How are you? Where are you? I'm good. I'm in Nashville. Um, yeah, you are. I just moved into a new apartment. It's in the same building, but that's pretty much as exciting as um, where I am gets. Where would now? What do you? Oh, it's in the same building. I thought you said for a second it's an insane building, but then oh. you were like, "But you know, it's kind of ho hum." I was like, "Wait, it's an insane building." Please tell me more. <laughs> Is it haunted? No, no it's, it's not just the haunted, same building. Thank God. It's the same building. Yeah. I um I live in the Gulch area in Nashville. So I 100% have been to Nashville. I spent a few days there and I do feel like I had a ton of time. I made sure to have a ton of time to explore. Um but I don't totally remember what areas are called. Um so I guess that's not very helpful. Um, it's all kind of relative to each other. I mean, everything's pretty close. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I really liked it. I was there in the summer. Um, and even still, I, you know, it was pretty toasty, but, um, oh, yeah. it but gets I really nice liked it. Yeah. It gets, yeah. it gets nice and toasty. I think I was right by the, the college. Uh, Belmont? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's not far at all. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I like yeah Nashville's one of those cities that I guess this is true of so many cities but it definitely stood out to me as um you know one of those cities where it feels like there's a bunch of sort of really old more historical stuff and then a lot of also like extremely new buildings <laughs> yes yeah you know what it's I mean so random yeah, yeah it is there is a randomness to it there is a randomness mm-hmm. to it um have, and you're, were you born and raised in Nashville I wasn't. I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Oh. Um, and I moved here when I was 
right out of high school, barely out of high school, actually, I finished my schoolwork in Nashville. Um, okay. But yeah. Uh, but bit by the music bug or having previously been bit, just kind of biding your time until you could move there or? Yeah, I mean, I was fin- I was in high school, so I just was, um, I was thinking about colleges and all that stuff. And out of the blue, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to move to Nashville. I didn't know anybody. At the time, <laughs> it sounded like a great idea. But then I got here and was like, what did I do? But right. um, it's it's ended up, you know, working out better. Um, just finding friends and all that than I would have thought. But yeah, um, yeah I'm glad I did it. I'm definitely glad I did it. And how long ago did you move? Um, four or five years. I, I was a jester at yeah. 18. Yeah. So however long And ago so you is. really didn't know anybody. You really were just like, you know what? I'm doing it. Yeah. It was so, it was so weird because that's not really my nature. You know, yeah. I really, I like to plan things out and, you know, do I guess usually what everyone else is doing, but I just didn't see myself at school and I couldn't see myself not doing this. And so I was like, might as well try it now when I'm young and naive Mm -hmm. and (laughs) just have no idea how everything works. So (laughs) I was walking around in the dark for a long time when I first got here, but. I love the idea of being like, of being young and naive, but also being so self-aware that you know you're young and naive and being like, like, look, I clearly don't know what's going on, but I do, I do know I don't know what's going on and maybe that's the best time for me to go. (laughs) Like, I love Yeah, like at 18, you're not thinking about like having to pay bills or something, you know, down the road or whatever it is and having you know, to make a hobby your livelihood, pretty much. So yeah, that was definitely when that set in, I was like, oh, shoot. But, you know, I just got more No, but I definitely relate to that. I mean, I think, um, you know, I didn't kind of go like listen to my desire, you know, my sort of longtime dream of, of, of doing, being in the arts in some capacity. I had sort of like, um, threw that to the side so that I could move to San Francisco because I just fell in love with the city itself. But it definitely was like my, I had such a growing awareness as I, the further away I got from, in my case, college, the more cynical I did become about sort Mm -hmm. of like, oh no, this is, that's such a weird flight of fancy. Like why? No, that's not real. Like that's what everyone wants to do. I'm not gonna, you know, and I'm not, (laughs) not, it's not, it wouldn't work out for me. So I'm not gonna do it. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I can really trace the distance between, you know, kind of still being that, having that naivete enough to go, is this the thing that's going to propel me forward right now? Because it has to, because otherwise my cynicism will kick in. So I think that's that, that idea (laughs) of you being a reasonable person who kind of had to tuck that aside for a moment and Mm -hmm. just go, nope, I got to do this. I know who I am. And if I don't do it now, what if I don't ever do it? Yeah. Yeah. I knew I'd be so mad at myself. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad it did. What's your, what was your uh, what was your uh, kind of childhood and, and teen years growing up in, in Detroit? Were you right in Detroit or are you in the suburb? I was in the suburbs, but it just sounds cooler to say Detroit, you know? <laughs> it um, does. <laughs> but it does sound so much cooler than I grew up in a suburb in the Midwest. But uh-huh. um, <laughs> I, I mean, I went to the same school my whole life. It was a small, all-girls uh-huh. Catholic school. Oh, wow. So. Okay. You know how that goes. Um, it's exactly <laughs> I didn't. Like it I don't know personally, but yeah, yeah, I've definitely gotten yeah. a sense of it since doing this podcast. I've have a whole the different uniforms. relationship. Yeah, 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 all of it. And and it was so, small. And did you kind of just know the same girls the entire time? Yeah, like it was just like thirty girls in my graduating class. Oof. 
Yeah. So everyone was, you know, everyone knew each other's business <laughs> too much. Gosh, I bet. Yeah. It was, things got catty. I'd always just watch and laugh, but. Um, <laughs> oh, that's good. You I, managed yeah, to stay on the yeah. outside. Yeah. I mean, I, I did like it. Like looking back, it gave, so pretty much it gave me a, a lot of time because there was no like homecoming or things to worry about. Like, uh, I don't know. Boys or yeah, or what am I gonna or just yeah. you know being in sports and all that stuff because I got a lot of time outside of school to really focus on what I love to do and just doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. I had all this all this time um, to myself. I thought just because there wasn't a lot going on, you know. Yeah. So I'm really thankful for that. I mean, it's definitely a different experience, like not going to a normal school, but I think it also pushed me to move here because I was so over it, you know, sure. by senior year, I was like, oh my gosh, get yeah. me out of here. <laughs> so that's probably what helped. Did you, um, this is kind of an abstract question, but do you remember where you got, if you did have a picture in your head of what life outside of your world in, you know, the, the Michigan suburbs I mean, AKA the amazing, cool uh, streets of Detroit. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. did you, where did you, where were you getting your sense of like, okay, if I move to Nashville, like this is sort of what I imagine that to be like. Um, I had, I had visited before. It always made me so nervous coming to places like this or like LA and stuff. I always thought that people were so cool and mm-hmm. I was so not cool. And like, you know, it just, it felt, Nashville definitely felt like like a safer choice for me mm. just because it's a little smaller. Um, but I just, I was, I had been in the music scene in Detroit. I'd gone to, um, I'd taken classes in high school at a music school down in downtown Detroit. I had kind of, I think, gotten to a point where I w- felt like I was outgrowing the music scene there a little and like it didn't really fit me anymore. And I was, I felt more comfortable with Nashville, I think, than any other place. And so that's kind of where I was gravitating towards it, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, when you say you were out kind of outgrowing the music scene, what was that scene like? Um, you were obviously still kind of a young whippersnapper. Um, yeah. uh, what, what was, how did you get into, you know, it's one thing I think for us to do, you know, have those hobbies and create and be on our own when we're young and, and have, access to that stuff through school but um and then you know there's maybe the next step of like oh there's kind of like a a youth version of you know this you know kids theater company like in my case which I was not a part of everything for me was through (laughs) school but uh but then to get out into the actual like quote-unquote scene um of a city uh how did that come to be I mean, it, there really wasn't one when I was there. And so it was like, that was, it was like, you can play at a coffee shop. You can go to an open mic night. Got you know, you it. can, there was no co-writes. There's no like shows. There's battle of the bands at high schools. And there's um, like the big performance, I guess, at the end of your six week class at Dime in downtown Detroit or whatever. And it was like, right. it just didn't feel like it was moving very fast for me, you know? And yeah. also the music, there's not a lot of like the songwriting there didn't, it was hard for me to push myself with writing there, I think, because it was just, it's, just, it's a different kind of music and people are all doing such different stuff there. Mm-hmm. And I just really wanted my writing to get better and um, 
I, I bet I could have done way more exploring with that in Detroit, but I was just kind of also ready for a change. I've lived sure. there my whole life. Sure. Yeah, I just felt like it could fit here. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. We interrupt the podcast you're listening to to tell you about another podcast. That's right. We got this with Mark and Hal. That's correct, Mark. This is Hal. We do the hard work for you, settling all of the meaningless arguments you have with your friends. So tune in every week on the Maximum Fun Network for We Got This with Mark and Hal. And all your questions will be asked and answered. You're welcome. All right. That's enough of that. We got this. Did you have uh, any friends, any of the girlfriends you had in high school? Was there any crossover there with, for you, music? And, you know, did you did you do any of that collectively with anybody? Or was it really just you? No. It, that yeah. No, yeah, there was no one. Everyone, I mean, people did, like, sports. Maybe there was, like, a theater girl, you know? Uh-huh. Or, um, <laughs> one. <laughs> or, like, one like, out one, of 30. I, mean, I know. I mean, our choir class was, like, across the whole high school. And there were maybe six people in it. But it was, like, <laughs> choir music. And like hymns. And I was just like, I feel so displaced here. And it was so crazy because when I moved to Nashville, I was like, oh my God, everyone plays the guitar, everyone sings, and everyone writes music. I'm not special. Like, I was so special at home. And you know, your parents' friends tell you you're great or whatever. And then it was such a great wake up call to like be better, you know, and like get better at my craft because I was like, you, you can't be the only one anymore. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That's such a, I mean, it feels like such an obvious thing to say, but this, the idea of being the big fish in the little pond, whatever that means, or being the only fish in the little pond, um, in some cases and knowing, you know, yeah, absolutely knowing like there's a place I'm supposed to be because this Mm -hmm. is a place you can go to really do that. But then somehow it's still surprising when you get there and it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so we're all shoot. doing this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're all trying to like pull this off. <laughs> yeah. It's different when you're really steeped in it than what the idea of it is in your head, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because everyone around you tells you, oh, my gosh, you can play the guitar. You're like the next, you know, right. some crazy artist. I'm like, oh, gosh. And I move here and everyone's already that artist, you know, <laughs> So many, so many people here that do the same freaking thing. Sure, sure. Did you, were you a good student uh, or were you kind yeah. of just like biding your time? I mean, I was a good student in, I don't, I have learning disabilities and very bad ADD. So mm-hmm. I was always heavily medicated. So that also helped. Yeah. But um, I, I had a really hard time paying attention, but I was a good student because I had so much anxiety of being a bad student. Not because I had like this love of learning, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to get the hell out of there at the end of each day. Yeah. But I, I always wanted to just, it just made me feel better about myself doing well in school. And I didn't, I wouldn't say that I was super smart. I definitely had to put in a lot more effort to get better grades because I have a processing problem, a processing yeah. problem. But um, once I, you know, just worked hard at that and kept at that. It, it definitely helped. I mean, getting into colleges and all that stuff, but it still didn't looking back, I guess I didn't have to work my ass off that hard because I didn't go to college. So, <laughs> well, I guess it wasn't worth it all those late nights. Well, 
Oh man, I don't know. It's like, what's worth what? What is it? You know, what was yeah. going? What 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 kind of discipline were you cementing? Doing things that maybe you weren't as excited about, but that was sort of, you know, putting the muscle, like you know, the sort of muscles, like the exercising like of the muscles of discipline, and yeah, all yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. Whether or not no, it gets good. directly applies to whatever it seemed like it was for then, that's you so know. True. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, it's really good to. I mean, I love music, so it was always really easy for me to work on that, you know? But, like, yeah. other stuff, I'm just like, ugh, why do I have to do this? Yeah. But <laughs> I think it was, yeah, it's good to use that muscle. It's just, like, working out. I don't want to do it. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I know, exactly. So so many things that you just sort of go, well, I guess I'm going to try to form a habit because I'm a good, you mm-hmm. know, like, once you have habits of any kind, then they're habits, so you sort of feel... safer slash better slash saner just kind of doing them I mean at least for a lot of us um but the problem is what the habit is and like how do I get if I could just do this thing I hate long enough for it to become ingrained (laughs) then I won't then I will want to or rather I'll need to yeah (laughs) I won't feel good it's just in the system at that exactly, point. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, you said that it was, a, I know it was a private slash Christian school. Was it Catholic or was it like, were it there Catholic. nuns or was it, yeah. There were nuns. There was a priest um, or a man. I, I, if any of them listen to this, they're probably like, you're using all the wrong terminology. But um, <laughs> we had like mass on Fridays. Um, we wear blazers and knee socks and all that fun itchy stuff um <laughs> but uh yeah I mean we had religion class and um, were you raised Catholic was, or was that or, or were you going to that school because it was it a was, great school it was a great school yeah. so that's why my parents sent me there I mean my parents are both real like religious enough like we believe in whatever but it's it was never like church on Sundays and or mass on whatever yeah um <laughs> but it was just kind of part of the school but I'm I'm thankful for it because if, you know, it hadn't been in my life since I was a, pretty much a baby, um, I don't know how I would have ended up finding religion or something at some point in my life if it hadn't been engraved in me. Mm-hmm. And I never really think about that, but I don't know. I feel like I'm lucky to have that sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think people, yeah. That's the, I think that's an ongoing conversation for in particular agnostics, because there's a sense of like, you know, if you're a staunch atheist, then mm-hmm. you likely, and I hate to just like speak for all, all all these different groups of people, that's totally unfair. But my sense of it from my personal perspective is, and I think, you know, it's something that like I've, I've shared in conversation that people are like, yeah, agree. Um, it, it seems like the people I know who are atheists are like so confident in their atheism that they mm-hmm. sort of are okay. And like the people I know who really have a strong faith um, have, you know, this, this kind of, uh, in, in many cases, like very positive outlook about, about death or, you know, at least more positive than somebody in the middle who's an agnostic where, you know, someone like me, who's like, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) What is there? Like, you know, what what, sort of wanting to have that, like enviously, uh, enviously looking at people who have like a really strong faith and going like, God, that seems like it would be great, but it's, I can't manufacture it. So, you know, whatever it's going to be for me is going to, it's going to be kind of. Yeah, I mean, I 
I, th- I forgot who told me this one, but like I've always questioned it. I feel like everyone questions it, but the whole the whole thing is that it's faith. It's I think it's just more something to believe in for people, yeah, who maybe are scared about death or scared about whatever in the world, and it's something that can make you feel safe or something that you can kind of grasp onto to make this crazy life make sense. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And where did the music playing and writing come in for you since you started doing it so young? Um, I was like super emotional as a kid, just sensitive and like a Girl, basket case all the time. Reaching to the mm-hmm. choir of choir singers of six. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> a cancer, like, and I am if you if you read about a cancer, it's just like so to a T. Um but I just I had a lot of things I always felt like I didn't say. I my my nature was softer and I always wanted to be a lot stronger stronger, but I just didn't have it in me. And I still, to this day, like don't always say what I want to. And music for me was actually more just of a way to get it off of my chest and make it Mm. real somehow and then let it go eventually. But, um, it's always been like more of a therapy for me. And when I first started writing, my songs were like eight minutes long. Like it was so bad and they were not good. It was literally (laughs) just like stories, but you know, as I started shaving them down and just working at it longer, um, I had written a few that people had liked, you know, back home or whatever. And I just kind of kept doing it. And not every song was great, but I really do love it when I'm feeling inspired, you know, and it doesn't feel like working. What, and what, and what was the moment of like, and was the, did you start playing guitar or did you start with like just regular kid piano lessons that your parents kind of choose for you or? Yeah. I mean, I did those things, but I would quit or fire them. And yeah. like as a child, fire them. And I would be like, I'm sorry. I want to. I want to learn White Horse by Taylor Swift, and oh you're not God. teaching me that. I so, love the idea of a small girl being child, like, I had to. You know, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna have to let you go. <laughs> like this um, isn't gonna happen anymore. You're not teaching me the songs. I, I don't want to do scales i would love to right. learn white horse by taylor swift right it's my jam. isn't it funny that feels like that seems like the biggest no-brainer it, that's like that's not a new phenomenon of a young person you know not having a ton of enthusiasm for learning an instrument but if you let them learn a thing they love and care about so suddenly have a whole different relationship to it i feel like we should have figured that out by now collectively like I know. but you know by the time you're taking piano surely most teachers are like, all right, I know the way in is to find out what they love and then we learn to play a song yeah. and we grow it from there. But that That's just seems to still not be a thing. Maybe it's I'm still, missing something. It's like something. Beethoven for six-year-olds and it's just like right. snore, right. you know? And, and, and in what way is Beethoven easier to play in terms of not. learning? I can't play you it know? for the life of me. Yeah. I literally play by ear. And I mean, I, I had guitar lessons when I was young and like classical piano, but I can't read that shit for the life of me. I, um, I just uh, started learning and teaching myself and accompanying myself, and it just got easier. And now I yeah. can do it more by ear. Um, so that's helpful. That's very helpful for me. But, yeah, um, same. Yeah, oh my gosh, sure. Me. Because, yeah, I mean, that's music is hard, uh, f- at least from my perspective. Music is, is like a very, that reading music is so. You know, for the people that have the relationship to music that they do have that kind of mathematical relationship in addition yeah. to the sort of, you know, math as art, which it fundamentally, of course, is. Uh, but if you're, it sounds like you and I maybe are are more alike in that 
I couldn't connect those things at all. And so the technical aspect of music was yeah. um, a was a major hurdle and was never something that just became part of the process for me. It was like, just like you, like as soon as I could sort of let that part go, it was like, cool, mm -hmm. now I can just play by ear. <laughs> like, yes, that's like, that makes it so much more fun too because it's like, you're not like... I don't know. That always made my brain hurt trying to learn something and just getting comfortable with instruments and stuff. But once I got there, I was like, now it's time to start writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I love that you had eight minute songs that were just long stories. Yeah. Um, do you, so embarrassing. Do, you or do you feel up to and do you remember like just sort of like a random like what would one one eight minute mm -hmm. story song? Uh, what oh, would gosh. Maybe that it, I was quality be? I like. I wore my heart on my sleeve as a kid. I was I would fall in love with someone that looked at me. And Aww. I was way too young to be falling in love with like I mean I'd be like 8 and a 17-year-old boy would look at me and I'm like I love him. <laughs> and my mom and dad were both just like, "Oh god." Like anyone oh just they just kept getting older too and it was the weirdest thing. Oh my but, gosh. Um, do you have brothers and sisters? I would write Yes, I do. Gotcha. I have two younger brothers and a younger sister. Okay. Also oh, um, oldest. Gotcha. Um, but I would write these songs and I it was just so embarrassing. I would record them and I would show them to them and they would be these elaborate stories and none of this happened. I would literally make these stories. So it was up like about, first person. It would be, it would be like first person. Yeah. Like this ha all yeah. happened to me. Gotcha. Even in high school before my first kiss, I'm like writing about this relationship that fell apart and I'm just like, bitch, you didn't date anyone. <laughs> like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so weird. Such but a it's so true. Thing. It's like that's what we, you know, that's what, like that's the psychology of being a young person too. Is you know, wh mm -hmm. however that's manifested, you know, if it's a little, you know, kid playing with dolls or toys or you know whatever that sort of like enacting yeah, I guess imagination, what, yeah, imagining enacting what you see. Um, I mean, I think that's totally relatable, especially again, yeah, if you have, if you have all these big feelings and mm -hmm. it feels like the only way you can express them, you have this sort of um, instinctual sense that they are bigger than your own life experience, then it makes sense that you would need to kind of put something else on top of it, you know, to kind of explain yeah. it or, or create a framework for it for other people to understand. Yeah, yeah. definitely stretched the lines back then, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> How, where would this is no it's not I mean yes I get it but also adorable uh and I don't mean that in a condescending way because I totally relate um wh where would this is again like this is such a dumb question from somebody who went no. to um public school where like I had I knew tons of people either from my neighborhood or just through friends of friends or for one reason or another that didn't go to my school so I don't know why I'm acting like where did everyone, you know, meet the opposite sex? If that was even something oh. that was interesting into them, like, was there a yeah. boys' school that there there were boys' schools, but you had to get like like so of homecoming. Let's say there were all boys' schools around there, and they would ask, you know, the all girls' schools to their homecoming. But like, if you don't get asked, you don't go to homecoming. Right. You know, because we don't have a homecoming, or we we had like a Christmas dance. That kind of sucks, weird. doesn't it? It does because it's like I want to go to like prom, but if I don't get asked because I'm yeah. not cute or something, then because that's the only reason you got asked. To also, do there is just then, you know. no room to be gay at all. Like, no, there's no, oh, no room. Way. No way. And our school, like, I mean, it, there was a reputation kind of for like it being 
a, a very close girl school. Like we got called those things a lot, mm. which I just thought was funny because it's like just because it's an all girl school doesn't mean we're all in love with each other, you right. know? Yeah. But like, who cares if we are? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. And how but, did you um, do? Did you get to go to homecoming? I did. I had a friend that would ask me every year, thankfully, because um, I was not, I mean, and this is high school shit, but it's like you, you had to be like pretty much a Barbie to get asked to any of those Jeez. guys wanted, you know, and I wasn't, I was, I had shit going on. I was like very heavy. I horrible acne, just like, you know, appearance wise, I was not super confident and I was so like, so scared. I wasn't going to get asked because all my friends were getting asked and he ended up asking me. We went to everyone together every year till senior Aww. year. So he was very nice for doing that because <laughs> it made my high school experience. Uh, have you written a song about that? I haven't. I think there's I something mean, so wonderful about the idea of like, even if it's the, an abstract, like an abstraction of that the idea of two friends kind of getting together like same time next year kind of you know mm -hmm. like oh, yeah, yeah i'll see you time, at this yeah. thing next year like that, that, that that's see you then that's kind of wonderful it was so crazy too because he was one of the most attractive high school guys in my class and sometimes my friend some girls would just be like how did why did he ask her but we really were just friends yeah. like all of high school and it was just so it was so cool for me to have like you know the the cute lacrosse player who was my friend take me to the dances it made me feel really good about myself so that's wonderful that's a great story yeah he's a he's a great person well i have a surprise for you now he here he is <laughs> at my home does not help anyone that's weird it's it makes it makes more sense to say that if we were in the same room together but it's extra yeah. weird to imagine yeah. that i brought <laughs> him here like, Hey, ah, no. this is anticlimactic. We're not even on a That's, video call. So, so bye. I guess we're going to go hang out uh, with our okay, masks on. Okay, you guys on. have fun. Oh, um, how's Nashville being with the whole coronavirus thing? I remember, um, you know, we live in this also this sort of like, you know, I, I love L.A. and I love coastal cities. And I, you know, I, I'm, I've been living in California for most like more than half of my life now. But I definitely still have awareness like, oh, yeah, we're like just because we're, you know, very loud about how right we must be about certain things doesn't necessarily mean that everyone needs to be doing the same thing. And then in situations like with right. coronavirus where, you know, California is so quick to loudly be like, oh, and we're going to go ahead and get out in front of this. Um, yeah. Good luck, everyone else. And then we just had like a total shit show. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like. It was just there's a definitely show some irony, yeah, some irony going on. Yeah. But I do remember reading, or you know, early on, like that people were like, "No, people are like full on partying still in Nashville, like going to all the bars and you know, going to all the music yeah. venues, and like it shows no signs of stopping." How was that experience yeah. for you? I mean, I didn't go out. I mean, in general, I don't go to Broadway um, yeah. or any of those bars because it's like going to Times Square, I guess. When oh, you live totally, in New York. But um, I had heard that some – I know a lot of the bars got shut down in July or June was, like, I think when our cases were the highest because tourists – it was a lot of tourism, actually, that came here. Right. Um, when everything opened, it's, like, people from all over were, like, get me out of my hometown. Oh, sure. Let's go to Nashville. Yeah. And I think that spiked us really quickly because we – pretty much all the money for the city is made from tourism. Yeah. And so when that all happened, it was – 
it's like all the people that lived here were like, cool. So now we're stuck in this phase because Ugh. people who don't live here are Rotted. coming here making our cases rise. But um, I mean, there was something that happened with our mayor. I didn't really get too into that, but about, you know, numbers and hiding numbers. And I don't pay attention to that stuff just because at the end of the day, this pandemic is it's like, how do you handle this in general? There's no right way to go about something super serious. And then, you know, some people are saying it's fake or it's what, like, it's just so all over the map yeah. and became so political yeah. when it's just like, let's just get through this until, yeah. until it's over, you know? It's very strange. That's always been my take on it. Like, no matter how you feel about a mask or whatever you have to do, just do it. Like, and let's just, why you got to yell at people, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. Just put your mask on because it says it on the door and like, let's just call it a day, you know? Doesn't it feel like it was so long ago that, that the beginning, like June feels just a million years ago. I remember literally being like, oh my gosh, coronavirus can come through my vents. Like there was such a lack of knowledge then or like wiping down everything. And it was crazy because no one was wearing masks then, but everyone's wearing them now, you know? I don't know. The whole thing, it's just, I love looking back at it because it's like phases of just sitting inside, yeah. like worrying. Yeah. Because it was so fresh. And like, that's such a scary thing to go, like, to think about, you know, when the whole world is shutting down. But absolutely. I mean, I'm just ready. I, it was great for me because I had no other distractions. I didn't have like a friend texting me, hey, do you want to go to dinner tonight mm-hmm. or do you want to go get drunk or whatever it is? Because I just got to stay inside and work. Yeah. So that well, was that's good. good. For me. See, there we go. Yeah. There's that, there's that discipline coming into play because, you know, I think the other thing that people were saying pretty early on was like, why don't I feel, you know, Hey, I have all this downtime. Why am I not writing my novel? Why am I not, you know? And, yeah. and it was like, well, wait, it's also okay if, you know, I mean, it's one thing if you're if you're a, a person, an artist who a, you know, kind of knows how to keep going even when you're not in the mood to write because it is your profession mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. versus like the person who's like, oh, I'm off work from, you know, my job at the law <laughs> firm, nice. you know, but yeah. now's the time for me to really like become an amazing painter. Like, why don't I feel mm-hmm. like doing it? Why do I feel anxious and, sta- and sad instead? Like, well, that's, yeah. that's OK. You you, you get to feel that. Normal. This is very scary, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone goes through stuff differently, too. And everyone got so judgmental about that. You know, it's like some people were training for a marathon. Some people were gaining a few pounds. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, I remember, though, like when the gym shut down, I was like, oh, shit. Like if I don't if I don't have someone yelling at me in a workout class, (laughs) I don't I will not hold the plank. Like I can't sit on my in my carpet in my apartment holding a plank. When there's no one there to see me not hold right. the plank, you know? I get that. So so I struggled with that. I got a Peloton and that was helpful. Man, um, they must have just like, they must have oh, just had the astonish, yeah, astonishing yeah. amount of sales. Yeah. Yeah. So annoying. It got here when all the gyms opened. But um, <laughs> <laughs> now I have a Peloton in my studio. But, you know. They don't take up too much space. No, from what I remember I, I, in a brief couple of times that I've ridden one at like a hotel or something. No, they're not bad. I have a two bedroom, so I keep it in like my. I have like a music studio in another room, and it's it's in there, so yeah, I don't have to look at it. How that there? That's a question I'm curious about. How much have you like? How early were you sort of understanding the technical recording side of? 
how to sound or is that still, you know, because that's, that's something that, you know, if you're, if you're creative and you're going out and you're playing at coffee shops, you know, the difference between that, having that relationship with the work versus like, oh, I need to sit down in this kind of room with this kind of software and this kind of, you know, um, yeah. did that come organically or was that something that you had to go like, I, okay, now I'm going to learn how to do this at least enough that I can, you I know, had, yeah. When I first moved here because I didn't know anyone and because I was writing still by myself and I was just doing voice memos, but I'm like, this isn't going to cut it, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I had gotten the stuff I needed to just do piano vocals or guitar vocal or whatever. And I did not know how to use it. I was like, I just played with it for years <laughs> until, I mean, I can't like make a track, you know, I, but I can like live record guitar and vocal and it sounds way better than a, you know, a voice memo. Yeah. Um, but past that, I don't really, I don't want to get, I've, I've gotten good advice before from um, Dave Cobb told me, he goes, don't get into the production part because it'll take away from what you're doing, you know, mm, don't get like too far into that, you know, that makes sense. And, it's true. Like when I'm writing or something and I'm trying to do that at the same time, I'm just like, there's so there's too many jobs to do, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Um, and I don't, I don't have a need for that. Um, right. I like, I'm just going to stay in my lane with it, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I think being able to know how to record a vocal was super helpful and like amazing when everything started happening because all these other writers and artists like weren't able to lay down vocals and had never even been around that kind of software before and I already knew like you know compressors and just like the basic stuff right Mm -hmm. but I'm I guess it ended up paying off that I learned how to use it but past that I just kind of I just kind of do what I what I need with it yeah no that totally makes sense again it's like it's the it's, it's almost the the reading music the math, the sort of, you know, again, like, I don't mean to dismiss that as not being artistic. I think it's incredibly artistic. Um, and I'm very envious of people who are like, yeah, no, I like, I get, I feel high off of, of figuring out how to do 12 tracks where I'm playing oh, yeah. 18 different instruments. And yeah, I don't know how it's that so works hard. if I'm only it doing 12 so tracks. But yeah, but like, <laughs> but that's to them, that's as exciting as, and satisfying. That's a new satisfying side of, you know, being a musician and stuff like I'm very envious of that, but that's definitely not been kind of my relationship to, to that kind of thing. And I, sometimes I wish it were, cause you know, I do like the idea of being self-sufficient that there, I think that's the control freak in me is kind of like, you know, Ooh, if I could just do it all. But I think you're right. I think once I get into the realm of thinking that way, um, I start like, I start sort of, um, proactively, and I don't mean this in a good way, uh, censoring, like self-censoring or self-criticizing. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm already so critical of the quality of this thing I'm doing that I'm now I'm not letting myself be creative and make mistakes or be messy or, you know, think outside the box, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 1,000%. Have you uh, seen your fam since all this began? And, and do you get a chance to see him very often I have. as it is? Yeah. I have. They all went to Florida for um, quarantine or whatever, and I stayed here because I was, you know, recording and writing um, in my apartment. But uh, around July, I went home for my dad's 60th, and it was my 23rd, and we had a, a like a little party at our lake house. Um, that was really fun. But that was the first time I'd seen them in a minute, so yeah. it was really great to go home and also just like get out of Nashville because 
the lakes in Michigan, like you wouldn't even have known that like coronavirus was happening because everything's so spread out from the next house, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's so rural that it was like, oh my gosh, it feels so good to just like be outside and like, I don't know, just be away from people. Oh my gosh, absolutely. No, I'm totally- Needed it. (laughs) I, yeah, I've, this is the longest I've gone without leaving LA uh, since I lived here easily. Wow. And, um, and, and yeah, it's not, I'm pretty adaptable. So I, it's not necessarily manifesting in, in, and I get, again, I think this is true for so many people. It's not necessarily manifesting in a way that's like, I am grumpy today because I have not yeah. left Los Angeles in X days. Yeah. It's like, it's not that, I can't draw the line from A to B that easily. It's like, why do I just feel super fussy? Like, you know, yeah. it's like, it, but, yeah. but I, but I'm, but I'm like stir yeah, but like once you've sort of hunkered down, you aren't necessarily putting that at the forefront of your mind. You're thinking like, well, I, that's just not an option right now. So I'm just going to go on my, my way. And then mm-hmm. little do you realize that that's still kind of festering back there. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're mad at yeah. a sandwich, but it's not the sandwich's yeah. fault. <laughs> it's pissed at a sandwich. <laughs> the sandwich didn't do anything. That um, poor sandwich that you're going to eat I anyway. Know. I know. It's just like, sometimes you, I think it's just, you need a change of scenery too. It's like, you need to get out of yeah. one place. That's why, you know, people are just like, I need a vacation. It's totally the same thing. Absolutely. No, my uh, sweetie and I have like, we we sort of have these like sad, you know, reminiscence. Again, I'm sure this is so universal, but like, you know, every once in a while, he'll just be like, oh, remember, remember like that one coffee we got in Paris yeah. That one oh time gosh. three years ago when we were there, like in a different Ugh. city. Remember what that was like? And I'm just like, I can't think about it. <laughs> I don't want to think. I know. I'm just like, remember we could just like hop on a plane and go somewhere or even just like go be with our friends, you know, at, at a bar, grab a margarita yeah. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. I know. It's so crazy. crazy. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. It's It's only October. Really it's ready. only October you know, 2020. Remember Woo. when? Remember when they said just stay inside for two weeks yeah. in the beginning? How adorable! I know how cute of them. How adorable! <laughs> oh, oh! It's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hi. Are you someone who thinks that when one door closes, another one opens? Someone who always sees the light at the end of the tunnel. If you answered yes to one or both of these questions, good for you. We are not those people. Nope. I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and I'm a, you know that other door opening? It probably leads to a broom closet kind of person. And I'm Laura House. When I see a light at the end of a tunnel, I assume it's a train headed right toward me. Laura and I have created a brand new podcast for people like us. It's called Tiny Victories. We're sharing personal tiny victories or things we've read or seen that inspire resilience. So if you're looking for a tiny reason to get out of bed each week, subscribe to Tiny Victories. Available on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get tiny! I don't know if you know this, but at the end of uh, every episode of my podcast, I play a game of MASH. Um, oh. Are you familiar with MASH? It stands for Mansion, Apartment, Shack, and House. Yes. And it's like, oh, yes. okay, good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I haven't played this in so long. And I always get so butthurt when I get the shack. Well, I'll tell you what. That's the only <laughs> bad thing that's possible. I don't play the version where you have to, like, come up with one that you hate for every category. That seems so cool. Okay. Um, okay. But – and even a shack – because me being me, I'm like, 
you know, I like to think of it as a rustic cabin. Um, yeah, I'll make it cute. It's a tiny I'll throw house. Some paint on it. It's a tiny home. It's a it's, it's an a RV. Home. You can drive all over. It doesn't the have to be what when I googled shack when I was younger. It doesn't have exactly. to be that photo I still have in my head. That's right. That's exactly right. We're not doing that. We're not playing that version. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> so I will start with. Um, let's see. Give me three. I mean, I know we just said that we weren't thinking about traveling because it was too depressing, but now I'm going to force it on both of us anyway. Um, three okay. places that you wish that I could just beam you to, like I should teleport you to mm. right now and like coronavirus isn't even a thing. Big Sur. Mm-hmm. Ireland. Great. And like Bora Bora. Great. Great. I said great twice because Bora and Bora. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, next category, let's do three musicians, living or dead, that you would love to have been able to or to be able to collaborate on something with. Oh, my gosh. Elton John. Great. Um, Taylor Swift, probably. Yeah, why not? Maybe Joni Mitchell. Indeed. Or Stevie Nicks. I don't know. Maybe Stevie Nicks. Oh, you want me to do Stevie? Yeah, sorry. Okay, Stevie. Somehow I'm trying to turn Joni M into Stevie N. It kind of worked. Yeah. Uh, I think I can, I'll be able to read it well enough. Um, okay. <laughs> okay uh, next category, let's do three foods that in this reality maybe are, you know, you, you would love to be able to eat a ton of, but either they're, it's hard to get where you are or it's bad for the environment in some way or you're allergic or it's just like so much sugar that if you could eat as much as okay. you want to eat, you would collapse in some sort of fever. Okay. Um, uh, in this reality, everything is sort of on equal footing and nothing is bad for you. So you can have as much as you want in perpetuity. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Um, <laughs> pasta. Yes, indeed. Like in anything like melt with melted cheese, just anything with cheese on it. Mm, um, yep. What else did I eat? I miss this is random a chicken lemon rice soup. Um, Ooh, yeah. That's something there's a lot of in Michigan. Um, and probably like vanilla Costco sheet cake. Amazing! <laughs> Got to get that sheet cake in there. Fantastic. Yes, love cake. Uh, beautiful. Okay, uh, next category, let's do three, we'll give you three things, three skills, um, creative or maybe, you know, sort of more um, technical or, you know, kind of like labor oriented, whatever, whatever skills Mm -hmm. you want, three skills that you could wake up with tomorrow and we can just kind of hand you like you've downloaded it matrix style. Okay, Um, I'd love to be great at Painting, drawing. Great. Um, I want to be a way better cook. Yes, indeed. Got it. Um, and I'd love to be just like a phenomenal guitar player. Guitar like virtuoso. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Three movies that you can jump into and just be in that world with those characters. You're not reliving the plot or anything. It's just kind of the ability to kind of jump into that world for as long as you want. And you're safe. So nothing bad's going to happen to you. Okay. Age of Adeline. Great. Um, Dirty Dancing. Oh, my God. Ugh, what a classic. Love it. And Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Seeking... F it's a long time. End 
world. I'm going to be like, what does F mean? That's the only thing I can read of my own handwriting. So hopefully you'll remember it stands for friend. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, uh, next category. Let's do three. Cl- this is totally random, but um, maybe this maybe you'll get this in the same way that it appeals to me. Three subjects or like specific kind of high school or um, or like junior high level classes that you know, you just kind of did at the time, but now that you're out of school, there's a sense of like, you know what? I kind of like, if I could just do like, you know, world studies for fun or, oh, okay, if I could just yeah. redo like English literature, but like junior, junior level of high school, though, like the, mm-hmm. I would love to reread all those books. So let's give you like yeah. three classes that you can, you're going to take just for fun um, at your own, you know, pace uh, in whatever environment you want. But it's like kind of a fun revisitation of old classes. Okay, probably history because I did not pay attention. Oh, my God, same. I'm so embarrassed. I wish I did. I know. I'm always so embarrassed. I'm like, well, I should have been paying attention. Um, psychology. Great. Yeah. Um, Probably honors literature again, just because I was just trying to get through it and it was mm-hmm. skinny. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Next category, three people. Uh, they can be characters from, you know, movies, books, cartoons, um, anything, uh, at any age, you know. So if it's like Johnny Depp, he's not a great person, but, you know, Johnny Depp's character in, you know, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, like you can sort of, it, it can be the person at whatever age you want them. So three can be, you know, the person or the character, whatever. Just the ones I love or ones I want to be. Oh, I'm sorry. This is your, yeah, this is your alternate universe um, sort of romance. Oh. Jude Law and anything. Great. Um, Chris Hemsworth and anything. <laughs> Copy uh, that. I'm so glad yeah, he got to be so funny. Like, the first Thors were so serious. It was so nice when he got to, when, when Ragnarok came out and you're like, oh, he's incredibly funny that made him like a thousand percent more attractive to me i know because he's so funny yeah um hmm. i don't know how to say this guy's name but he was in age of adeline he was the guy's name's mike michelle useman maybe um what's his last name how's it spelled do you know H-U-I-S-M-A-N. H-U-I-S-M-A-N. Oh, yeah. I think I just liked his character. Um, I know who you're talking about, and I realize that I've never heard his name said out loud. (laughs) Yeah. Or if I have, I don't remember. Um, But we'll remember Michelle. We'll remember our sweet, sweet Michelle. Um, Okay. And then final category for you let's do three we're gonna give you like a magical room in your apartment now that's sort of you know harry potter style like there's a door in the wall and somehow it opens up into this kind of magical room so it can be as big or as small as you want um uh that that you know what would you use that magical room for oh man So is this this room magical or is it just a magical door? 
let's give you a magical room. So, I mean, it could be as practical as like, oh, you know, my Peloton class. I'm sure that's not what you'll pick. Oh. Uh, but it could also be like a, a forest. Like somehow it's a forest. Oh, you know? cool. Oh, it would definitely be like a really, really like relaxing spa room. Oh, nice. Like there'd be a hot tub, but it'd be like a really bougie spa. Yeah. Great. Bougie spa. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more. Oh, okay. Because you'll end up with one. Um, yes. Uh, a planetarium would be cool. Oh, nice. I love that. Right? Have fun. Yeah. Um, a green a greenhouse would be very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm, fantastic. Like a really beautiful one. Oh, man. I'm going to be so happy with <laughs> any one of these that you get. I know. Um, so excited. Okay, I'm going to do my little squiggle. So, you know, just in a couple of seconds, once I say go, like, you just tell me when to stop. You know this part, right? Okay. Okay, so tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, great. Uh, I am going to uh, count these down. Will you please tell people where they can find you, what they should be listening to, how to follow you on social media and all that good stuff while I uh, crank this out real quick? Yes, so I'm Eloise Alterman. You can find my music on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, pretty much all the places um, under Eloise Alterman. And Instagram and Twitter is Eloise Alterman as well. And follow me and check out whatever new stuff I'll be releasing soon, hopefully. Wonderful. I am powering through this. I think you'll be pleased already with some of my results. I feel pretty good about it I am almost done mm-hmm. okay all right so first of all I want to congratulate you on being a an absolute guitar virtuoso you are at the mm-hmm. top of your game so fabulous um wow. Amazing. I, <laughs> I love the idea of you working out in Big Sur with Stevie Nicks, with your guitar, just like jamming out some amazing music together. I mean, that sounds so fun and like, talk about magical. That seems super magical to me. Sounds like a dream. It sounds like a dream. Um, Yeah, where you wake up, you're like, did that happen? Yeah. Like, oh, I want to go back to sleep. I was, uh, oh, and and, and by the way, you have a beautiful house in Big Sur. You don't have a shack, an apartment, or a mansion. You just have a beautiful house in Big Sur, which is what you would want. That's so cool. Um, So, yeah. So, congratulations on your beautiful house with your (laughs) fantastic guitar playing and your good buddy, Stevie. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to imagine the two of you writing an amazing song together and then to celebrate just like sticking your fists into a giant vanilla sheet cake oh yes <laughs> being like yes. we're awesome nom, 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 yes nom, nom. i would love that actually that's right something that's, i hope to do someday uh we'll put we definitely have this on the wish list so there's that yes. um i am i i kind of feel too like you know in anticipation of this big collaboration that you do out at your house in big store i like the idea of you kind of having brushed up on this honors lit course because oh. the the all these kind of like great you know minds these great writers are sort of like trickling back into your mind and inspiring mm-hmm. you and kind of acting as your muse yes. as you get ready to you know so cool. go, embark on this new musical journey that you're about to go on um 
you also take a ton of inspiration like sometimes when you just want to have a quiet moment to think and be inspired you go into this like magnificent magical room of a greenhouse uh, right there in Nashville in your apartment um (laughs) And maybe if you uh, need to even be more inspired and feel like you really need to get away, you can jump into Seeking Your Friend for the End of the World cool. and have many adventures there. Or you can also just get a big smooch from our don't know how to say his last name, adorable oh. Michelle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you still got the the age of, uh, you know, you got access to him even though you didn't get that movie. So I feel like you kind of yeah. won on both. So that's actually a one. Yeah, you definitely yeah. <laughs> double won on that one. Yes. Um, and that is the outcome of your MASH game, my friend. Oh my gosh, my life is so freaking cool. It's kind of great. I cannot stop thinking. I mean, the idea of you guys just eating um, vanilla sheet cake with your hands. I know. It's just an image I I treasure. And you don't. It's not like you don't gain any weight from it or anything. You just eat it. Yeah, you're just eating it's it. There's so nothing. Fun. It's there's nothing. You can. You'll, it's it's all no I could problem. Ask for. No problem. <laughs> yeah, it's all you're gonna ask for. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast, Elise. This was so much fun. This um, was so much fun. I hope I get a chance to say hi in in person. Um, I know. I me too. was very. I was. I I podcast a a, a lovely girl named Jenny Tolman, who is mm-hmm. a musician in Nashville, and. Um, I did not know if I would ever get a chance to meet her. And then all of a sudden I went to a podcast convention and she played a song live for a live episode That's I did. That's so cool. So, um, you never know. Who's to say that couldn't happen again? I hope I get a chance to yes. see you play. Um, Me too. Awesome. Uh, okay, great. Well, I will uh, continue to encourage everybody to check out Eloise's music. And I'm sure we'll yes. put a link to that in the show notes. And yes. I will talk to those of you listening next time on the podcast. show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.